A series of unfortunate events has occurred here on the Dream World podcast. Really, it's not that serious. My website is just down. And by down, I mean it's been hacked and totally erased, which I'm quite sad about, but that's what I get for trying to build my own website with no experience. Not that anyone uses my website anyway, but in the event that you do, my main links are way more useful anyway. Spotify, Apple, pretty much every podcast platform. I'm on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, you name it. I'm pretty deep in the lucid dreaming community because really part of what I do and what I love is to connect with others who love dream work as much as I do. Which really brings me to today's guest who is another amazing honor not friend that I've made. Melissa's focus is using your dreams in a therapeutic way, interpreting them and understanding how to apply it to your life. I'll let her tell you more about her journey. Well, it's been a kind of a mixed bag, but it's sort of like dreaming has always been something I was meant to do, but I never really realized that. I would just have some dreams that were so strong um, that I'd end up like emotionally acting from them, but not really understanding the power of dreams. Like, you know, I think that's how people usually get involved in dreaming, isn't it? They just go, whoa, I had this crazy dream and it really emotionally moved me and I can't get it out of my head. And so then I started acting on them and then I got pregnant and then I started having crazy dreams, like, but a lot of nightmares and I ended up having like a lot of insomnia and it was like really terrible time until I became pregnant the second time and then the dream started again and I thought, no, I'm not going to allow this this time. So I started researching it and I started learning about lucid dreaming and then I had my first lucid dream and like that was it. I was obsessed (laughs) and it, it, it just felt so like empowering for me. Yeah, that really just made me just drop everything and delve into the dream world. Yeah, that's awesome. What was your first lucid dream like? You had it while you were pregnant? Is that? Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, wow, I had it cool. while I was pregnant. I had this girl come up to me and she was like trying to fight me. And that was what made me realize it was a dream because in real life, people aren't coming up just trying to randomly fight right. me for no reason. So I was like, hang on, this is a dream. That means that I could win. Because in dreams, when people would try to fight me, I would have like the jelly arms or like really heavy and you can't punch. It's like really pathetic. And I was like, oh, no, I'm going to lose another fight again tonight. And um, then I thought, no, this is a dream. I can do it. And I like, and in my dream, I was pregnant because I was pregnant in real life. I crouched down and I like protected my little pregnant belly. And then I like spun and did like this flying ninja kick. And the dream character like went, woo, and flew into the wall on the other side of the room. (laughs) So that was pretty cool. And I like woke up like, oh my God, victory is mine. And I was like running around the house like, woo. That's awesome. Um, Yeah. After that moment, it's never the same (laughs) when you have your first lucid dream. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I had my first lucid dream as like a child. I've been lucid dreaming since I was really young. So it was always kind of normal to me. I didn't even know like there was a term for it Mm. until like high school and later on but it's always fascinated me it's so many possibilities yeah well it's been really helpful for me and my daughters because now the first baby she's three and a half so she's telling me about her dreams in the mornings now and um when she started having nightmares I was kind of like oh oh this is cool like (laughs) and I helped her with lucid dreaming um because kids are so much more natural at it than we are we talked about if like a scary monster comes she has a wand and she says like abracadabra turn into a kitten or like whatever she (laughs) wants to play with or yeah so or she kind of like yeah shows them love as well I learned that from Robert Wagner he wrote to me on Facebook I was like writing about 
this nightmare I'd had and I was able to become lucid but I ended up like fighting this demon and he's like you don't have to fight them like show them love and I was like what because <laughs> that was really tiring fighting demons but um yeah that's awesome that's such a good way to approach nightmares is fighting love and with love and like embracing it because it's really thought responsive you know um so that's a great thing especially for kids who have so many like night terrors and nightmares like that's such a yeah. good skill to learn at like a young age yeah yeah the other thing that I was teaching her is that um, when a nightmare happens it's just like a movie and you know how when you're watching a movie and in the middle there's always something scary that happens because that's what makes the storyline exciting so I was like don't get scared and turn the movie off you got to keep watching it until the end and then you see the happy ending and so right. now she does that as well which is really helpful for us and she wakes up and tells us the whole movie story that's awesome so do you think she'll be able to like grow up like loving her dreams and just being Definitely. really like in touch with it that's so awesome Definitely. I love she that. already does like we have a dream journal for her and she comes to me in the morning and we write it down together Aww. and if she hasn't had dreams for a few nights in a row she's like oh, I haven't had any dreams <laughs> That's going to be me as a parent. I'm so excited. One day I'm going to like You'll be such a little it. dream mom. That's so cute. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I've always loved kids. And I've been fascinated by pregnancy dreams. Every time I have a friend that's pregnant, I'm like, tell me about your dreams. Like, because, yeah. you know, like I had a friend who she couldn't decide what she wanted to name her baby. So she like asked her baby in the dream, like what his name was going to be and stuff like that. That's amazing. I've actually heard that babies do can choose their own names and that they often come through to pregnant moms saying what their names are meant to be. It's yeah, like I've a soul that. thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's so cool. I like that. I, I believe it too. It's quite interesting. Like just the fact that like your dreams change when you get pregnant. I wonder why. Yeah, it kind of feels like like if you took all the dream herbs at once and then went to sleep. <laughs> it's like really full <laughs> Like on. they were more vivid or like. They're really more vivid. They're really scarier. Um, I think it's just because when you're pregnant, you're going through like a whole rebirth of yourself as well. So then all of these like underlying fears and stuff start to come to the surface because it's not only you that you have to think about now, it's someone else mm. um, that's a part of you. So it just really like, yeah, wakes up all these fears. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Like, so now that you are a dreamer and you're quite experienced in lucid dreaming, like what do you do within your lucid dreams? Do you have like dream goals or do you just like have fun or like, I'm sure it changes all the time, but what have you been working on lately? And like the change all the time lately, I really love like healing dreams. So I'll kind of set my intention. Like I want to get a massage tonight. Or like, I'm going to go to a resort and just like chill <laughs> <Love> out. <that. laughs> or like um, when my recent baby was really little, I would like go to sleep and be like, when I go in my dream, I'm going to get to go to sleep for even longer. And I would like have like naps inside of dreams to like catch up on sleep. Wake <laughs> up feeling like more well rested. Wow, that's kind of a good idea. Sleeping within the dream. Yeah. <laughs> and then when you go to sleep from a lucid dream, do you stay non-lucid from there? Like you just go dreamless? Yeah, yeah. I just like lay down and like went to sleep. I was like in a dream and I was like, hey, I'm in a nightclub. Oh, I don't want to be here. I'm too tired to be here. So I just go over <laughs> to the chairs and lay down and then go back into another dream. That's cool. <laughs> Lucid dreaming is amazing to me, but that's not really my niche. Um, What I really love is like using dreams like so people can use it as their own therapy. 
So like for me, I used to have a lot of mental health issues and I have been seeing psychologists and psychiatrists since I was 14 and being like on and off like different medications for ADHD and anxiety and like a whole range of things. And like therapy is helpful, yes, and I always encourage it for everybody else, but there comes to a point sometimes when you've done so much therapy that you're like, well, you know, what else is there? Like, you know, I'm not really getting any better. Um, and then I learned about interpreting the meaning behind my dreams. So yes, like lucid dreaming was really empowering for me, but it was more just like a fun, like breaking free of limiting beliefs and then like having fun and testing boundaries. But for me, the part that I really love is learning your own dream languages. And I love getting to help people understand what their dreams mean because I have so many friends and I see so many other mothers that kind of lose who they are when they turn into a mother or like as you go through life, you know, you lose your sense of self. And I hear a lot of people saying like, oh, I'm going to go overseas to find myself. Yeah, people are just like looking in different ways to find themselves, but they're looking externally instead of internally and then there's people that are like oh my dreams are just boring or I don't know what they mean they don't mean anything and then they'll tell me their dreams and it's like oh that means a lot like <laughs> let's figure this yeah. out together I think you posted something on Instagram when you're getting dreams that you don't understand it's like being yelled at in a foreign language yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I like to help people learn their own language so they don't feel that way anymore yeah no that's great I love that you brought this up because it's awesome you know talking to people there's so many little niches within the dream work community and like so many people talk about like oh let me just google what dreaming of a snake yeah. means and you know there's going to be so many different things online and it might not resonate and there's no like I hate those generic online dream dictionaries. So I tell people yeah. all the time about, you know, learning your personal dream language. So that's such a good thing to yeah. talk about on here. What is like the best way to learn your personal dream language? Like, how do you figure that out? Yeah. So to learn your dream languages, I usually will go first with feelings. And I tried to say like, okay, so when you were in that situation in the dream, what exact feelings did you feel? And I like to actually refer to the emotion wheel. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's got like the main emotions, like happy, sad, um, the generics in the middle, and then it branches off and it gives you way more descriptive words. So you can really like pinpoint. Yeah. If you just Google emotion wheel, it will come up. Um, and I use that because it's really specific. And then you can think like, well, where else in my life does that feeling come up? And could that be related? And then I look at um, like where you were in the dream, like what was the location? And you start like, for example, someone says, oh, we were in a field. And I say, well, what, what else was in the field? Oh, actually, now that I think about it, there was a few more people in the field. Oh, people were gathering around. Oh, that's right. It was a music festival. I'm like, okay, well, what does a music festival mean to you? They're like, oh, fun, carefree, like no responsibilities. And then it's like, okay, cool. And then you can start relating that back to your life as well. I like to look at, say, you're dreaming of an object, like this big red car came to me. So I say, well, can you describe that? What's your first associations? And then um, if I were an alien, how would you describe to me what a red car is and what does it do? And you kind of got to pick it apart and look at it in different ways. Like I say, dreams are kind of like a game of charades where you have to guess from the clues. Yeah, dreams can't just say to you, this is the message. It has to show you like emotions and pictures. And then you have to use those emotions and pictures together 
with your own memories and associations to figure out what the message means. Yeah, that's awesome. I love how you ask questions in that way, instead of saying like, oh, this means this, you know, but instead you guide the dreamer, you know, to find their own answer just through clarifying questions. I'm assuming you've heard of Gail Delaney's um, dream interview method, which sounds kind of like, oh, wow. Well, it's kind of similar to that method, which is basically like, you can do it with yourself or with a partner, but It relies a lot on like breaking down the symbols in the dream. And like, if I were to just tell you my dream, you know, you would just listen, take notes, and then you'll ask clarifying questions like, okay, you mentioned that there was a guy in this dream. Like, what was he wearing? Oh, you mentioned that, you know, just clarifying questions just to bring as much out as possible. Like, oh yeah, I forgot he was wearing this, whatever. And then it's like the same thing she says to, you know, describe me this dream symbol as if I was an alien from earth from not from earth. And I didn't know what it was. And then you start this free associative thinking about this dream symbol. Like if you dream of a cat or a car, you know, it's never literal, but once the dreamer starts to like with that free association, they're like, oh, well, now that I think about it, it reminds me of this in my life and so on. And, you know, you might dream of the president, but it might be representing your dad, not the president, you know, or how you feel like, you know, there's so many different ways. And sometimes, you know, don't understand it right away. It takes thinking about a dream and sitting on it. So yeah, Yeah. that's really cool. I find it also takes an outside perspective sometimes because I can have a dream myself and I'm like, I wonder what that dream meant and I'll come downstairs and explain it to my partner and he's like are you serious it's so obvious and he can tell the message because it's like you know there's parts of us that we don't want to see ourselves so we're not willing to accept it but from an outsider it's like quite obvious so dream sharing is really helpful and really important for that aspect of things but with my teachings that was taught by Robert Moss we're really strong on not telling someone what their dreams mean i can't sit here like you can tell me your dream but i can't sit here and say oh your dream means this because you're the only person that knows what it means i can give you some ideas of like and insights of what i think it might mean but you're the only person who actually knows what it means so there's just a lot of like questioning and guiding for yeah. the the person to come to their own realizations Yeah, for sure. I wish more people understood that because dream sharing is great. It's so powerful, like you said, especially with people close to you that really know you. But when it comes to like analyzing dream symbols, like if I dream of a snake, you know, like you can't tell me, oh, that means anxiety. Because what if I love snakes and I have 10 pet snakes and you hate snakes and you're so scared of them? We're going to have totally different like subconscious associations of what a snake means. So like my dream, the way my subconscious is talking to me is going to use that as a positive symbol, whereas somebody else might be something totally different. And that varies across the world. So there's no way to like generalize it. I mean, maybe some symbols like might fit certain regions or certain families, you know, like there are some general things, but Mm -hmm. you know, for most of, most of the time, it's like a very personal association. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my client just the other day was dreaming of a snake and to her, it actually represented transformation because of the snake shedding its skin. So, and it wasn't scary to her at all. It was really like, she loved it. So, well, yeah, that's where the feeling comes in. You know, it's like, how did you feel about the snake? You know, because I had somebody in clubhouse one time describing something, you know, like this horse shedding his skin and he was all bones and flesh. And somebody was like, oh, ew. And she was like, no, it was beautiful. I loved it. I felt great. You know, it's like, it was, it meant something to her. So, so yeah, it's, it's really important to just let the dreamer like figure it out, but you can like guide them that way. So that's great. That's cool that you trained with Robert Moss. What was that like? Oh, I was fangirling pretty hard. So I was working in a really like dull and draining government job and I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do with my life. Anyway, this is when I was learning about dreaming and you can pose a question to your dreams. And so I lay down and I ask like, what should I do with my life? 
And I had this like booming voice come in that just said, Robert will know. And I was like, who is Robert? I have no idea. <laughs> wow, that's cool. And anyway, later that day I was watching Gaia, this like streaming show, show on there about dreaming and Robert Moss was being interviewed. But I didn't realise it was him. Like I just watched the whole show and I was like engrossed in it. I was like, I love this so much. And then right at the end it had his name and it was like Robert <laughs> Moss. I was like, oh, Robert will know. Robert knows what I should that's do with my awesome. life. dreaming. That's so, yeah, awesome. Yeah, it felt like a really internal strong message and I was just like drawn there. So, yeah, but learning with him is really fun. He's really theatrical and like. It's not like boring and sciencey, like not that science is boring. Science is very exciting, but it's it's more like entertaining rather than just facts. Um, so it kept my interest. How can you use your dreams for therapy? Like, you know, a lot of people have mental health issues and trauma and anxiety and even physical health issues. How can they approach their dreams to like seek some healing? Lucid or non-lucid, really? Yeah. Um, first of all, I would be making sure that people have enough sleep. Um, so that you can actually get good quality dreams and understand the full messages. And then I like to look at dreams and discover like what kind of a dream was it that they had, because some dreams in their own are just healing dreams and they don't actually have a message that we need to decipher or interpret. Sometimes it can just be that, you know, you've gone to sleep and you've had this really amazing experience. I've had people tell me about like golden hands coming out of the sky coming and going over their bodies with rays of light you know and there's like just healing experiences where you wake up and you think like wow I feel really good after that there's also like health dreams you you touched on health so I was just speaking to someone yesterday and he had a dream that this snake came and bit him on the shoulder and when he woke up it like he could really feel the pain and it and it like scared him quite a lot and he went and looked in the mirror and he had a birthmark there but it, the color started to look a bit darker and it was right where the snake had bit him so he went to the um doctor and got it checked and they said that he had like stage four cancer right there and if he didn't get, go that day he would have been having to start or getting like chemo and would have died but they ended up like cutting it all out and starting treatment and he was about to lose his life so there's those kind of health dreams. I wouldn't be like, oh, I had a dream that a snake bit my shoulder. I'm going to die. Like <laughs> you really need to go through and like establish which kind of a dream it is before you come to that conclusion that it was a health warning. Um, but for therapy, it's for me and for a lot of my clients, it's a lot about just understanding what your dreams mean. And that actually just relieves so much anxiety. I find dreams give you guidance and they give you a message. So it's kind of staying with the dream, picking up on all the sim the symbols and watching the dream from start to finish and then coming together and figuring it out what it means and then taking action from the dream. And the action part is the part that I find really healing because yeah. I had a dream about my partner cheating on me. I actually had it twice, two nights in a row, but they were both different. So the first night was because I looked like a slob and he just wasn't interested. He just saw like a shiny sparkly looking woman and he was like looking at her and the reason that I had this dream is because we had just been moving house and for like for the last month I just looked terrible with my messy mum mum bun and oversized t-shirts and that so I used that dream as like a really powerful thing and I went and got cleaned up and I just put some cute yoga clothes on and I just walked Aww. past him and I got like a big wolf whistle and it really like filled that part of me that I was like missing like that you know feeling good about myself 
Yeah. And then the next night I had a dream about him cheating as well, but it actually had nothing to do with him cheating. It was that he just like didn't want anything to do with me and our daughter and he left. But it was just because that night before bed, my daughter had been naughty and was like coming between us in an argument. So my mind is like taking me there. It's just interesting to like pinpoint why you're having the dreams and then what you can do about it and what action you can take. So from that, you know, we sat down and we had a little family meeting about her behavior and that we're all on the same side and like reaffirmed our love and everything was good. And then, you know, those dreams are gone now because I'm like listening to them. But if I didn't listen to them and I continued wearing my slobby clothes and we didn't have that family meeting, then who knows what could happen? Like my partner's human, maybe in a few years, he would have ended up cheating. So dreams come as warnings and they come as guidance. And I feel like they're there to help us um, with what we're missing. That's very true. Yeah, I love not jumping to like take things so literally and freak out, but rather like look within yourself and be like, okay, what can I do to make myself feel better? Because yeah, mm. it's it's about, you know, confidence and communication with your family. The action part of what you said, I think that's the most important because we can learn so much from our dreams and we can write down all our dreams. But if you're not applying that to your waking life, then kind of what's the point, you know? Taking action from your dreams is like bringing magic into the world. Like magic is technically when you bring something from another world into our waking reality. And it feels like magic when you do it in your waking life. Like one of my clients was having a dream about missing her inner child and her playful side. So her action that we had from the therapy was that she was going to go and do like a bomb dive in her pool, you know, and bring back that like magical fun feeling that she had as a child I just find that taking those actions because it's something that your soul is already telling you at night like I want this I need this please do something about it so it's all well and good to understand your dreams and to think about them but I feel like you get most of the magic from when you actually put it into action and you start doing something about them even when I just have a creative idea or something for my dream, and then it gives me the inspiration to do it in my waking life, it feels so cool to say like, yeah, I got this for my dream. And now I'm doing right. it in real life. Or like, I did this in my dream, and then I wanted to do it. So here I am. It's it's really yeah. cool. Just the connection. <laughs> what would you say to somebody if they have like, super bad nightmares, like, you know, those people that have nightmares all the time, and they don't even want to go to sleep, because it's like torture. Yeah, I, I really feel for these people. There was a stage in my life where I was the same. And I used to delay going to bed and I would hardly sleep because I didn't want to. The things that I'd be looking at is making sure that they have something to help them feel safe in the night. Like, I know it's weird for adults, but like some of us still might want to have a cuddly teddy. We might want to have like really fluffy, comfy pajamas and bedding, um, really setting the mood for sleep so that if you wake up scared, like you feel comforted to be reminding yourself that it is just a dream or looking at lucid dreaming. And if they're constantly dreaming of the same nightmare, then like next time I see this thing, I'm going to know it's a dream. Mm -hmm. um, and then you'll be able to have like an action plan on what you're going to do within the dream. It really depends on the individual though and where they are with themselves because some people have terrible PTSD. They might be having the same reoccurring nightmare that's happened from PTSD. And I wouldn't say dream therapy is like the only thing I think people should still be getting regular therapy and psychiatry if they need it. Um, but this is just like something extra that they can do. And sometimes this dream therapy will be the answer, but I wouldn't say to do it alone. Yeah, with nightmares, it's just trying to figure out what those symbols mean as well. Because when you realize it, sometimes it's like, oh, it's actually not as scary as it is. When you become lucid in a dream, like I had this nightmare that there was this huge spider. It was like 
bigger than me, this giant spider. And I was so freaked out. And then I was like, hang on, spiders aren't that big. This has to be a dream. And then all of a sudden my dream shrunk the spider, but it shrunk it down to like the size of a cat because that was something that my brain thought was like more realistically okay. But I was still just like, oh, (laughs) I'm in a dream now. So it's fine. It can't actually hurt me. So I think that like lucidity is really helpful for nightmares in that way, because as soon as you realize you're in a dream, you're like, oh, this is all cool. I can kind of influence what's going to happen. Yeah. But it's learning that your mind can influence what's going to happen anyway. So if you expect something bad to happen, it's going to happen. Like if you're like, oh no, that spider's, you know, it's going to start spitting baby spiders everywhere. Then it's going to start spitting baby spiders yeah. everywhere. That's what you think. So it's really trying to be positive and like catching your thoughts before they happen and that sort of a thing. Yeah, for sure. Beliefs play such a big role in like dream content and especially while you're lucid. Um, so it makes sense. And also like lucid dreaming is great for nightmares. I mean, there's countless studies on it, but you know, when you have like a monster chasing you or whatever it is, you can ask, turn around and literally ask, Hey, stop chasing me or ask it. Yeah. Why are you chasing me? And a lot of times it'll respond like, Oh, you know, I'm chasing you because I am your past, whatever that you haven't gotten over and whatever. It'll give you an answer a lot of times. And, yeah. and then you can tell it like, okay, well d- stop chasing me. I don't give you permission anymore. And a lot of times, you know, it'll stop torturing you once you address it and, then, like you said, work on it in your waking life. Yeah. I, I helped someone. He had this dark figure that always showed up in his dreams. And when he learned to become lucid, he turned around. And I said, like, be kind to this person. Don't, like, try and stab them or anything. Like, don't start a fight. And he offered it help. And he said, can I help you? And then the dark dream figure turned to him and said, no, you can't help me because you haven't been looking after yourself. And so that was his message. It's like, oh, haven't I? So he came to me. I'm like, are you doing self-care? Are you exercising? Are you eating well? Like, where could you be looking after yourself? And as soon as he started looking after himself, he's not had the dream figure come back. Hopefully in the future, dream therapy and dream work in general just becomes, you know, as big as meditation did in the past 10 years. Yeah, definitely. I think it will be like, I said to my dad this the other day, it's like, you know how people are really into meditation and breath work. I was like, a dream work is the next big thing. So you watch out. I was like, the whole world is going to change because of it. I know it will. Um, You know, like I said earlier, I've been doing therapy and having to take medication for mental health and everything for so long. And since discovering dream work, I don't have to take any medication anymore. I'm able to see what my issues are because I get different little messages every night and I can work on things myself. And now all of a sudden, I don't care what other people think of me. I'm living my best life. I want to shout it from the rooftops. Like, and let everybody know about this. I'm like, I feel like it's this huge secret that people don't know about. (laughs) But then I think, but a lot of people do know about it because it is so ancient and in a lot of different cultures, but there are cultures that just have no clue. Yeah, it definitely deserves more credibility. And that's why we're here, you know? Like, I'm so glad to have met you and keep this conversation going and and help spread it to everybody in as many ways as possible. I've listened to every episode of your podcast. I'm obsessed. And some I've listened to multiple times. I'm obsessed. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was like, when I found you, I'm like, oh my God, she's like me, but in another country. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're welcome to join us on Clubhouse sometime. Um, I'm sure you've seen that I do Clubhouse rooms and yeah, everyone there is so awesome. Such a good community. Yeah. Like if you could give somebody that's like new to dream work in general, like one piece of advice for like working with your dreams and understanding it. Number one thing is write it down. It doesn't matter if you've had a full dream. It doesn't matter if it makes sense or not. Even if you wake up and you're like, oh, I think I was on a beach in Barcelona, but I don't really remember. 
it's still worth writing it down. Just write that down because when you're writing it down, you're opening up a, a dialogue with your psyche. Like you're opening the book and saying, I want to hear what you have to say. So the more you write down, the more it starts to give. And when you write things down, like I look back in my di- my dream diary and I think, whoa, I don't remember having that dream <laughs> at all because I've woken up at 3 a.m. and I've just automatically written it and then gone back to sleep. But then when I look back at it all and I start like using them all, it makes sense to me. And it's like, or it could be like precognitive. And it's like, oh, wow, I dreamt of that. And now it's happening. Like I had yeah. no idea. Yeah, you never know. That's such good advice. Write it all down, even the little fragments. And it's such a good habit because pieces come together over time sometimes. And then you can find your common dream symbols, which helps as well. Like there's so many benefits of dream journaling. What's your favorite way? Like what what do you use to write on your dreams? Like your phone or like a notebook? I've tried everything. I've tried the notebook. I've tried voice recording. um, I've tried the apps. um, But the thing, I really like the idea of all of those things. But the thing that works the best for me is just a notepad in my phone. And I just turn the brightness of my screen right down all the way. And I have the notepad like open and ready. So I just lock my phone and go to sleep. So when I wake up, I don't move my body at all. Mm -hmm. I'll forget my dreams. And I just grab my phone and I'll just it's already ready. So I just start typing it and it comes out the quickest, but I make sure I put the date there first. Nice. And then what it was. That's cool. Yeah. That's a good way to do it. Yeah. It's hard because like when you start moving around too much and fidgeting with the lights and stuff, you already forgot the dream by then. Yes. Um, yeah. But yeah, everybody's different. You really got to find what works for you. Like I kind of have like a hybrid ish method. I have an app on my phone that I really love. Um, it's called Oniri just because I like yeah, how they organize it. I have Oniri it. too. Yeah, I they're great. Oniri, it gives me the um, daily, like the reality checks throughout the day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're cool. They have some some lucid dream tips on there. But sometimes like if I don't want to move or if I don't want the light in my face, like I'll either do a quick voice recording so I can write it out later and then later I'll go in and fill in the details. And even if I just like roll, I have a notepad by my bed and sometimes I'll just like roll over and like write some words down. And then hopefully if I can read my handwriting later, those few words that I wrote will help me remember and piece together the dream. It's like I'll yeah. write like I was in a house with my mom and we were eating and then I'll be able to remember the details usually off of like a little framework. Yeah. And then, but I'll yeah, always go back and put it in the app. Like a knitted sweater, when you get a pull in it, when you start pulling the thread, like a little bit will just come out and you think that's all that it is. But once you start pulling the thread, more and more come. And that's like your memories with your dreams, isn't it? You just have a keyword. And then when you go back and think about it, then you, oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. And it's like you're pulling the thread. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And as soon as you kind of linger on it and remember a little bit, then it all kind of starts to come back in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> as long as you write it down, like, while well, you're still in bed, like still kind yeah. of half asleep, you know, that's the best for remembering. It's actually so funny. My daughter comes in and the other morning I said, Shh, hang on, I'm just remembering my dream. And she <laughs> just stood at the ed- edge of the bed and didn't say anything. And just oh, waited. She like, respects just waited it. And went over again. She come back and tell me about it. <laughs> Oh, you're doing so good. That's so cute. (laughs) I love it. She's a little dreamer. So Mm -hmm. when it comes to like dream healing again, what happens or what do you do if you have somebody who they haven't remembered a dream in like years and they're like, I just don't dream. And I've been seeing black in my dreams. How do you approach that? Because I know that Mm -hmm. might be something that somebody might need to hear. This actually 
happens in my daily life every day. So my partner hadn't had a dream in 10 years. And then I got into all this dream stuff and he's being really supportive, but you could tell he was like a bit flat because he couldn't really relate, like he hadn't had a dream. Um, so we started like with some things with him, making sure he was getting enough sleep. Um, I would say, you know, write it down, but he's like, I don't have anything to write down. I don't remember any of it. Um, but I find what's been helping him is doing breath work and visual meditations. So like guided meditations where you lay there and you have to imagine the pictures. So it's like, you know, imagine you're walking through a rainforest and you can feel the sun on you and getting him to like force these visual images into his mind has actually helped him start to remember fragments of dreams. And he's had about three dreams now just in the last week um, from doing so breath work. He does like a lot of like you got to really like get a lot of oxygen and it kind of helps you like relax and get into that liminal space. And then, um, yeah, visual meditations. Yeah, that's And a lot of intention setting as well. So he'll write a note of what he wants to know or what he wants to see and put it under his pillow. That's <laughs> good. That's good. And yeah, well. Was the first dream that he remembered. It had to do with me doing a poo. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> that's so oh, funny. Yeah, no. Great. Welcome to the world of <laughs> I'll be like, go back to not dreaming. No more. No more dreams for you. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. On Instagram, so you'll find me it's dream underscore underscore hub. Starting a YouTube channel, a podcast, but I do one-on-one therapies. Where you'll be able to book through my website, dreamhub.au. I'm also starting up some group classes. Um, so it's I'm in Australia on the Gold Coast, and you'll be able to come to those in person. And then I'll also be starting some over Zoom. Love Just it. Wanted to share the love and give some comments and likes and share them to your friends and. We'll get everyone on board.